Are you ready? Let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jen. And And you're listening to Fathomless. fun to put out two episodes two episodes for two weeks in a row i know right you guys are getting so much content we just love you all yeah and just know that um we are doing a bulk recording right now so we might sound a little raw yeah right now oh, God, we're both still sick we're both you know this is like what the fourth fifth episode we've done fifth episode today that yeah. we've recorded so again me and hard. Ma- yeah we're two states away from each other yeah so, so we do our best yep we do our best but yeah, Jen has a uh, a pretty interesting uh, case for us today. Missing persons, right? Yeah. So um, today we're going to be covering the disappearance of Sandra Crispo. Okay. And not much is known about her disappearance. Um, so it's it's going to be our particularly quick episode. Okay. Um, but if you're a local listener, you've definitely heard of Sandra Crispo. And if you haven't, I mean, like, are you living under a rock? Have you heard of Sandra Crispo? I have. Okay. I don't know much, but. Um, so driving around Hanson, Massachusetts and surrounding towns, there are so many missing person signs with her face on them. Like the ones that you put like in the yard. Yeah. Um, I see them all the time. And her family was even able to put a billboard up in Hanover at one point. I'm not sure if it's still up. I mean, I frequently used to drive through Hanover because I worked there and yeah. I didn't see it. But, I mean, this case is um, going on three and a half years now. So, they did get a billboard up at once, which is huge. Yeah. So, again, this case, unfortunately, provides little to no evidence. And, you know, it's fairly recent. So, I thought it would be an important case to cover. Absolutely. Like, every other case we cover is important. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to talk about the facts of the case and i'm gonna get into maybe like a theory or two and you know i kind of have my own little crazy theory that i got into based on my own little quote-unquote detective work um could totally be out of the blue but i thought it was a crazy coincidence that might be worth mentioning Okay. Um, so let's begin. Sandra Crispo was last seen on August 7th, 2019. And she was born on November 27th, 1964. So she was 50 year, 54 years old at the time when she went missing from her town of Hanson, Massachusetts. Sandra's car was in the shop being repaired. And after dropping her car off at the mechanic, she was given a ride home by a family member. After making a stop at a Cumberland Farms to purchase a pack of cigarettes, she was then dropped off at her home on Spofford Avenue in Hanson, and she was never seen or heard from again. Wow. Yeah, so Hanson, Massachusetts is a small town nestled in the South Shore, and um, the crime rate in Hanson isn't that big. It's a relatively safe town. Yeah. Um, just mainly crimes of theft, not very, not a lot of violent crimes. Um, population of 1,100 people, so not a huge town. Um, 
there is actually another very well-known missing persons case out of Hanson, and that is the Moramari case. And I feel like everyone knows the Moramari case. Oh, yeah. And sorry, my my notes just Hang on one second. I'm sorry. Um, Moramori didn't go missing from Hanson, but it, it is where she grew up, and it's where her family still lives. So, like I've said before, we're absolutely going to be covering her case as well, because it's probably the one case I'm kind of obsessed with. Um, it's what essentially got me into true crime in the first place. Um, I know her case is widely covered, and most people already know all the details already, already but... Um, Today, we're just going to be focusing on Sandra. So, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. So, again, my computer is being slow right now. So, Sandra had just recently moved to Hanson from Quincy, Massachusetts, three months prior to her disappearance, to be closer with her daughter, Lena McMahon, and her three grandsons. She was living alone in a house on Spofford Avenue, and she lived a very simple life. No cell phone, no computer, no social media. Um, she is described as being a caring woman with a big heart who kept to herself. She was a very devoted and caring grandmother, and family was very important to her. She loved spending time with them, especially her grandchildren, and she cared for the boys while her daughter went to work as a nurse in Boston. On Wednesday, August 7, 2019, was a normal day for Lena and her family. She had to work that day, so like any other work day, she took her kids to her mother's house so she could care for them for the day. Sandra mentioned to her daughter that she was having some car trouble, so Lena arranged for her husband to pick her and the boys up, and Sandra would follow them to the mechanic. She would drop her car off, and then her son-in-law would drop her back off at her house. Um, since she knew she'd be without a car for a few days, she did ask her son-in-law to stop by the Cumberland Farms. Otherwise known as Cumbies. Yeah. We love Cumbies. Love Cumbies. Um, but she needed some cigarettes. She was going to be at home for a few days. Might as well grab a pack. Yeah. So security cameras did confirm the stop. And I do have pictures of that. I'll post. Okay. Um, and she was dropped off around her house around 5 p.m. She later spoke to a family member on the phone that evening. And I listened to the Vanished podcast episode. And they had like first hand accounts like from the family members and i guess it was a cousin that that she spoke to that night so the next day august 8th the mechanic called lena while she was enjoying her day off at the beach with her family she was the contact number apparently because sandra did not have a cell phone she only had a landline phone but um the mechanic just was updating her on like what parts were needed how much it was going to cost etc So, Lena tried to call her mother to relay this information, and Sandra did not answer the phone. Uh, Instantly, her daughter just kind of had a gut feeling. Um, But, again, you you try to brush it off. Maybe she's going for a walk. Maybe, you know, you don't know. You never want to think worst-case scenario, even though that tends to be the first thing that pops into our head. Yeah. But So, she tried to call a few more times during the day and still got no answer. And this made Lena instantly worried. And because Sandra did not have a cell phone, again, she was calling the landline. And this made her concerned because, like, she didn't have a car. She was not known to go out much. She should be home. Why yeah. isn't she answering? So I guess that night, according to the Vanish podcast, she wanted to go over there. 
it was pretty late. I think it was like, you know, around eight, nine o'clock. And her husband was kind of like, you know, you're going over in there in the morning. She knows you're coming. Just yeah, go just in like, the morning. Trying to be that voice of reason. Yeah. Trying to not let her. I get that. Yeah. Trying to not let her get paranoid, you know. So the next day, Friday, August 9th, Lena drove to her mother's house to drop off her children because she had to work that day. And she arrived sooner than her usual time because, again, she was very concerned and just something just did not feel right to her. So, usually Sandra would approach the front door when her daughter pulled up. Uh, she had a dog, a black lab, that apparently would try and run out, run down the street. Um, when Sandra didn't come to the door, Lena got out of her car, leaving her children to wait behind. So, she sensed something was not right and just wanted to investigate this alone. Because, yeah. God forbid, she had her children with her and walked in on something crazy. Terrible. Yeah. Um, so, she soon realized that her mother was nowhere to be found. The AC and the lights were on, and the back door was unlocked. When she entered the house, the dog was sitting on the couch, acting timid, which is not like his usual self, typically jumping all over people. Yeah. He was also out of food and water. Uh, there oh. was Yeah, there was watermelon cut up in the fridge that she prepared for her grandchildren, because not only was she watching them for the day, they were also supposed to sleep over that night. Oh. Yeah. She also knows, noticed that Sandra's shoes and her purse was gone, and it also appeared that it looked like someone may have, like, lifted up the mattress in the bedroom, and the bedboards had been taken off the bed. Weird. Yeah, so on her bedroom dresser was a handwritten note that was a reminder to buy birthday presents for her daughter and oldest grandson. So, in her, I guess the daughter's birthday was, like, four days after this, so yeah. it's not like she was planning on going missing on her own will, it seemed. Yeah, like, she... You know, it seems like she just kind of vanished into thin air. That's what everyone says. She just vanished. But to Lena's eyes, she believes a struggle of some sort occurred within the home, but it did not seem that way to police when they were called later on. And Lena, being Sandra's daughter, helping her mother set the home up when she moved in, being there almost daily with her children. She knew how her mother lived and how she kept things, and she, of all people, would have been able to notice anything out of sorts. Yeah. Um, there were some other clues, apparently, but these have haven't been made public because this is still an active investigation yeah so they're gonna keep some stuff close to the yeah chest. yeah and police obviously they didn't personally know sandra or know how her home was normally kept so in their eyes they had no reason to indicate a crime was committed again there was no signs of forced entry um there wasn't much evidence it, sandra was not known to go anywhere without telling anybody again she was described as being a homebody not having a lot of friends living a very quiet life she didn't have a cell phone or a computer, so there was no way to reach her or track her last whereabouts digitally. She had, like, just recently got a bank account. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, which her bank account has had no activity since her disappearance. Okay. Her family states that she did not take any medication, she was not suicidal, and she did not have any serious medical issues. Police found no evidence of foul play, and the circumstances of her disappearance remain unclear. So, again, she's never returned home, and she hasn't been seen or heard from since. So sad. It's really sad. And it came to the point where Lena eventually had to tell her boys that, quote, they can't find Granny. Oh. Yeah. Her oldest son said, quote, Granny may have gone grocery shopping. That's so, oh, my God. Yeah, that, like, broke my heart. Oh. Um, but Lena had to tell them that she had been gone too long for that. In which her son responded, quote, maybe she's in heaven. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, cue the waterworks. 
um, and you know, children's intuition, I think, is very, very strong. Yeah. So, even though like the police kind of were like, we don't really don't see much evidence. I mean, it, they do commend the Hanson Police Department for acting very quickly and yeah. taking it very seriously. Um, Lena did eventually reach out to the state police because Hanson, again, a very small town, not much happens in Hanson. They yeah. just, she felt like they needed more resources. So she's been asking for the public's assistance as well to help find her mother. She hired a private investigator and, you know, they believe that somebody knows something about Sandra's disappearance. Um, and I did see that um, a local student did make a film called somebody knows something Aww. i haven't had the chance to watch it yet but i really want to yeah um so i thought that was great that she was able to use the skills yeah. and platform she had to try and just get the word yeah. out so i guess detectives went door to door and speaking with family members in the neighborhood they searched the woods and they reviewed any surveillance video they could find um i think they did ask like neighbors like do you have any like surveillance that yeah. you know so they conducted many searches using drones, canines, civilians, police on foot and on ATVs. No information was recovered and her purse and ID have still never been found, but they still haven't given up. Um, they did receive tips of her being spotted in Fall River, panhandling um, in Quincy and out of states, but these leads did come up dry. I mean, okay. she kind of looks like yeah. someone else could she, look similar to her yeah could have been mistaken yeah for someone else um and the family i guess the son-in-law installed a ring camera at sandra's house yeah. just because like this case blew up oh yeah I and if neighbors know that like she lived alone and she wasn't there they didn't, just didn't want anyone going into the house and yeah. trying anything um so they set up this ring camera and they got an alert on the phone and apparently it showed a girl pulling up in a car and she had a hood on, didn't want to be seen, left a note. Immediately they went to the house, grabbed the note and said, look into this guy. He just got out of jail. But this lead turned up dry as well. Oh. But I thought it was worth like mentioning. Yeah. So I know Reddit can be a horrible place sometimes, but with little evidence, I just wanted to see what other theories other people had. Yeah. A lot of people were commenting about the son-in-law the son-in-law having something to do with it since he was technically the last person to see her alive. Okay. But again, she she spoke on the phone later with her cousin. Yeah. And this has so. been confirmed. So we know she got home safely. Yeah. Um, again, the Vanish podcast did exclusive interviews with the family and a lot of people thought that the son-in-law's story was, quote, too detailed. So he clearly had something to do with it. I listened to this podcast. He did sound genuinely upset. And I know people can yeah. fake tears and whatnot, but, like, I I don't think he had anything to do with it at all. Okay. Um, someone mentioned um, when his wife, Sandra's daughter, was so worried to the point where she wanted to drive over there the night before. Um, he was calm, told her she had nothing to worry about. But, again, we never want to jump to worst-case scenario. It's his job yeah. as a spouse to be the calm in the storm. Yeah, um, but it's being said that they only lived a few miles away. If they were that worried, why didn't anyone just swing by to check on her? Which, don't point fingers at them. Yeah. You know, her daughter has been fighting and doing everything she can to spread the word. Yeah, exactly. So another theory I read was that Sandra inherited money from her father's death. 
and there was some disagreement within the family about how this money was distributed out. And I do know that Sandra was the caretaker for her father. Okay. Um, I don't know that. I just read that. Okay. I don't know why I said I know that. Um, but I did read she took care of her father before his death. Um, okay. She sold a family home in Quincy, basically got the money for that, got some inheritance from her father. Family was pissed, probably because she got more of a share. I don't As know. families always do. Yep. So maybe an upset family member came by to confront Sandra or try and find the money because, again, like, she just recently got a bank account. She has all this money. Yeah. She probably has cash, right? Um, and because she knew this person, that's probably why there was no sign of forced entry. So maybe he, like, showed up, hey, kind of, yeah. I want to visit. Let me in. And then things blew up after she let him in. Who Ooh. knows? Possibly. But with the mattress being lifted up, it seems like someone was looking for something. Yeah. You know, specifically money. You always hear about, like, the money in the mattress theory. So it is said that she did buy this house with cash because there apparently was no mortgage information on the Plymouth County Registry of Deeds database. And these records are public. Um, And that was just what I read that someone wrote on Reddit. Yeah. So another theory is that um maybe she stepped outside to have a cigarette and you know hence the door being left unlocked and she was met with foul play outside or someone from that hard to believe in hansen massachusetts yeah yeah that someone would just randomly attack somebody on their front porch exactly i'm just putting all the theories that i saw on reddit because yeah you know there's no information i just wanted to see what other people have come up with oh yeah of course so, or someone from the neighborhood had seen her take walks with the grandchildren before and then saw her alone and took an opportunity. So while I'm reading this theory, um, I was like, I'm just going to look up sex offenders in Hanson. Just whatever, just to see. Um, and to see if any of these guys lived close to Sandra. And, you know, wouldn't you know, one of the six offen- sex offenders that lived in Hanson lived only two streets over from Sandra. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to name him because he's not in jail and his charges are from 12 years ago. So yeah. maybe he has, you know, changed up his life a little bit. Yeah, you never know. And I'm not saying he has anything to do with the disappearance of Sandra. I'm just, I was just like, hmm, I'm just going to see what sex offenders live yeah. in the area. And just one that lived two streets over. I was like, hmm, maybe somebody, you know, was fucked up in the head enough to... Take an opportunity. Possibly, so, yeah. I'm just going to leave that theory there. Um, so, I'm just... I wrote some stuff about his information, but I'm just going to skip over that because I actually I decided not to share it. So, I was originally trying to, like, look up Spofford Avenue on Apple Maps, and nothing would show up at all. So, I just Googled Spofford Avenue and Hanson just to see if the road was, like, an actual road. And it is. I know sometimes Apple Maps is, like, the last to update yeah. there. But, it's been, I mean, it's been years, so they should have it updated. So, obviously, like, when you Google, like, a, a specific road, what, what you're going to get in that Google search are houses for sale on that road or houses that were recently sold on that road. Yeah. Um, and one that was consistently listed was 47 Spofford Avenue. And based off what I've read and put together – um, Sander bought the house for 240k three months prior to her disappearance, so around April May of 2019. Okay, and so it wasn't this house number 47. So putting two and two together, this had to this was Sander's house. Yeah. Um, what was really weird 
is that when I clicked on a few of these real estate websites for this address, one of them didn't have a picture of the house. And this was the Trulia website. Okay. Um, it wasn't a picture of the house. It was a picture. It was an image of a graveyard. What? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So you're looking up a house that someone's missing from. And the, one of the pictures is a picture of a graveyard. Is there a graveyard on the street? No, there's no graveyard on the street. So what I did. Interesting. I clicked on the picture. Yeah. It had an address in the corner of 823 High Street in Hanson, Mass. Okay. So I looked this up. And across the street is Fernhill Cemetery in Hanson. It's like 10, 12 minutes from Sanders' home. Okay. I Googled even more. I looked up 823 High Street. House was last sold on September 13th, 2019. A little over a month after Sandra went missing. Bizarre. I know I'm going off a trail. And like you said, it could be totally bizarre. But what if this isn't a coincidence? Maybe that person had something to do with her disappearance lived at that address, freaked out, sold their home, out of panic and dipped. I mean, or they knew they would be moving, so they took a chance to do something to her there. Maybe. But I looked into the property history of this house, and not only was it sold in September, it was originally listed on July 19, 2019. The listing was removed on August 8, 2019, the day after Sandra was last seen. That's weird. And then two weeks later, on August 21st, this house is relisted. Yeah, that's wicked weird. Like, coincidence or not, I look up her address, a picture of her graveyard. I click on the graveyard. It gives me an address. I Google the address. It was listed, unlisted the day after she went missing, and then relisted again. Yeah, that's... And I could not find, like, property records of who owned it at the time. But, like... I know realtors can only update these websites, yeah. but I just think it was really weird how this graveyard was the picture of her house on Trulia, and then the house across the street from the graveyard was listed, unlisted, relisted again. Just the time, just the specific dates is just like crazy coincidence. That is a really freaky coincidence. So say this theory of mine is real maybe this person did something to sandra in the house and then took the listing down to clean up the mess maybe didn't want anyone in the house possibly isn't that fucking crazy that was my own little crazy detective work. i love that little rabbit hole you went down yeah detective jen thank you maybe absolutely nothing i went to my husband and i was like holy shit i was gonna call you but i was like no i want amanda to hear i'm this. glad you waited to hear this yeah I, i'm glad you waited to tell me this yeah and andrew was like no no and i was just like oh my god i just thought it was crazy coincidence yeah just the fact that it was unlisted the day later two weeks later relisted and then sold that's weird yeah i just thought it was weird so basically that's all the information we have on sandra's disappearance there isn't really much she was supposed to watch her grandkids that day nobody could get a hold of her for a day prior um also oh i'll actually mention this in a minute but um the clothes that she was wearing that day that she was seen wearing on the surveillance footage those were never said to be found in the house but there was nothing that said otherwise either but i feel like you know she was last seen on august 7th wearing this and that surveillance video 
I feel like that's something like police would look for if they could find those articles of clothing. Yeah. If they didn't, that would indicate that she did in fact go missing later that night. Yeah, and she like changed into something else. Yeah. So um, I just want to put in a little quote that her daughter said that really kind of touched my heart. Okay. Pulled in my heartstrings. Oh um, so she said, quote, if I knew it was the last time my children would see you, I would have had them hug you longer. Oh, my God. Sometimes life doesn't seem fair. Sometimes bad things happen to innocent people. And, you know, not know how, why, or what happened to you is devastating. And that's what she, her daughter posted to her Facebook. That's so fucking sad. Um, she believes someone in the neighborhood saw something. And she also stated, quote, my gut is telling me something bad happened. Someone did this to her. She would never just leave her grandchildren, her dog, her life. Um, Lena believes that her mother was the victim of foul play and that she's no longer alive. That's so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. So, Sandra is described as a white female with brown hair and hazel eyes. She is 5'9 and weighs 125 to 130 pounds. She was last seen wearing a white or gray t-shirt, pink three-quarter length sweatpants, and slip-on shoes. Um... And again, I didn't read anything that disputed that these items of clothing were found at home or not. Um, so they could likely be the clothes that she was wearing when she left her house for the last time. And, you know, Hanson, Mass, it's an area with a ton of ponds. Yeah. Tons of ponds. It's close to the ocean, too. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know if there were any searches conducted in ponds. Um, there's a shit ton of ponds and bodies of water. Can they look through all of them? I don't no it's a lot of money it is um but i mean her circumstances are very very bizarre and i just want to put another thing that you know is kind of i don't know worth mentioning not really but so i used to work you know at a massage studio in hanover and not long after sandra went missing we had a lady at our work named sandra kind of looked like sandra crispo and we're all like is this lady the miss obviously it wasn't yeah. but that just goes to show that like you know she had just a just familiar appearances familiar face. that i can see why people might have seen like spottings of yeah. her because you know she just she was just an ordinary kind of looking person nothing too you know descriptive about her um and it's just really sad that she's missing so you know i'll post a really nice picture of her and her daughter and you know i'll also post the surveillance clips from cumberland farms to show what she was last wearing um but that's pretty much all the information that we have so if anyone has any information on the disappearance of sandra crispo Please contact the Hanson Police Department at 781-293-4625 or the Massachusetts State Police at 508-894-2584. That's all we know about Sandra. That is nuts. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us, Jen. And, I mean, hopefully we will find something out soon. Yeah, there has been really no movement in the case and based on what her family has described, I just don't think that she would up and leave. Yeah, I don't think so It's either. very, very, um, 
just confusing. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that is it for today. That is it. And um, thank you for listening to us while we have been sickly and raspy. Yes, we promise the next episode we will not sound like this. But hey, yeah, it well, happens. We hope you stay spooky and stay scary and stay, stay safe. safe. See ya. Bye.